Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Live from our nation's capital. This budget thing is going to do nothing. Space Force, I still think it's interesting. President Trump not playing his cards yet. Headlines, policy, and politics colliding. Bloomberg, sound on. The insiders, the influencers, the insights. I would rather see a congressional solution. It's part of my DNA. The Senate map in 2020 looks a lot different than it looked in 2018. You really have a divide within Team Trump. The president has to do exactly what people sent him here to do, which is to get it done. This is Bloomberg, sound on. With Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. So much for Finland being a calm press conference day. Did you see that press conference at the White House? I was there inside of the East Room of the White House and President Trump feeling emboldened, but then also feeling on the defense. A new New York Times story breaking as the president was walking out, says that House Intelligence Committee Chairman Adam Schiff, the Democrat from California, got an early account of the whistleblower's accusations. Republicans seizing on the news, which Democrats say is just protocol. Meanwhile, President Trump refusing to answer Reuters' Jeff Mason's question, why did he bring up Hunter Biden and the Bidens to begin with on that Ukraine phone call in question? If all that wasn't enough... We're also de- dealing with a dizzying day of stock market news. Stocks tumbled, bonds climb as slowdown fears mount. We will dive into the economy, the economics of all of this, the political implications of the, the latest on the impeachment inquiry. And the DNC announced that there's going to be 12, count them, 12 Democratic presidential candidates in this month's Democratic presidential debate. Two all-stars here to join us. Matt Mowers, former senior White House advisor for the State Department and president of Matt Mowers LLC. He worked in the Trump administration. And Adam Goldberg making his debut on Bloomberg Sound On, former White House special associate counsel to President Clinton. Impeachment of yesteryear, folks. And co-founder and partner of the public relations firm Trident DMG. But first, I just got back from the White House in the East Room of the White House where President Ignacio of Finland was meeting with President Trump. And uh, it was a doozy, folks. That's all I can tell you. And we're going to dive into it with two all-stars because the impeachment saga drags on. Adam Goldberg's here. He's former White House Special Associate Counsel to President Clinton and co-founder and partner of public relations firm Trident DMG. Adam, I'm so thrilled to finally get you in the mix here. We've had your colleagues on. Yeah, thanks for having me. We're super grateful to have you here because you really have an insight into what it's like dealing with an impeachment. And as all of this is going on, your insights are, are deeply valuable to us. So thanks for being here. Matt Mowers returns. He's back from Seoul, right? You were in Seoul? I was in Seoul. Yeah, wow. all of last week. Wow. So we're going to get the foreign policy dispatch from you as well. He's a former senior White House advisor for the State Department and the Trump administration, and now he's president of Matt Mowers LLC. All right. So I'm in the East Room, and we think we're going to be talking Huawei and the Arctic Circle with a little bit of the impeachment news uh, drawn in. And then this New York Times story breaks. Did you see this New York Times story breaks? 
literally minutes, I'm telling you, minutes before President Trump walks out in the East Room, we get this headline alert. I get the alert on the Bloomberg terminal. It says, this is the headline from the New York Times. Schiff, House Intel chairman, got early accounts of whistleblowers accusations. The lead reads, the Democratic head of the House Intelligence Committee, Congressman Adam Schiff of California, learned about the outlines of a CIA officer's concerns that President Trump had abused his power days before the officer filed a whistleblower complaint. This, according to a spokesman, and current and former American officials. So Fox News, John Roberts, great reporter, by the way, asks the president specifically about this. And Matt Mowers, the president, says essentially this is further evidence that this was a politicized impeachment inquiry. Yeah, I mean, you know, that story sounds very familiar to me because it's a similar situation to what happened to Brett Kavanaugh when, you know, a lot of his accusers had actually contacted Barbara Feinstein's office before they made the accusation. So this is now the second time that a Democratic legislator had a heads up on a, an issue that would become a political wedge in their mind against the president. Adam Goldberg, uh, as a Democrat, uh, the, the Democrats' House Intel uh, spokesman for, for chairmanship, Patrick Boland, said in a statement to the Times, quote, like other whistleblowers have done before and since under Republican and Democratic-controlled committees, the whistleblower contacted the committee for guidance on how to report possible wrongdoing within the jurisdiction of the intelligence community. So they're saying that they followed protocol. Well, they did. All you have to do is look at President Trump's own regulations about what intelligence whistleblowers should do. And those regulations say you could go to the IG, which he did, and you should go to Congress, which he did. And then Senate Republican Burr today, and this afternoon, his staff- Chairman of the Senate Intelligence, Intelligence Committee, Committee, right, put out uh, a statement today letting folks know that, yes, when Schiff's staff told the whistleblower to go get a lawyer, that's exactly what both sides do. That's exactly what they should have done. But from an outside perspective, if you're an independent voter and you're trying to make sense of this, the president has seized upon this. I was in the East Room. The president is seizing on this and saying, well, see that? He went right to the committee. They knew it was coming. It's why the chairman was hammering for there to be a release of the transcript and the whistleblower complaint. They're saying politics. Well, this is what President Trump does. He creates a shiny little object to turn your attention to away from the facts. The whistleblower's credibility actually matters nothing because we have the White House's own rendition about his phone call with the Ukrainian president. We'll have the actual facts, not the whistleblower's complaint. Also, just one other thing that doesn't, hasn't gotten enough attention is that the, whistle, the White House knew long before Congress that there was a complaint and that the, a whistleblower had filed a complaint because the whistleblower had actually gone to the general counsel of the CIA. Take a listen to what President Trump said earlier today at the White House about Chairman Schiff. Here he is. Schiff went up and he got, as the chairman of the committee, got up and uh, related a call that didn't take place. He made up the language. I, hard to believe. Nobody's ever seen this. I think he had some kind of a mental breakdown. So the president insinuating that the chair, going after the chairman of the Intelligence Committee. Meanwhile, he was also asked whether or not he's going to comply with these subpoenas that have been issued. Three House congressional committees today issuing subpoenas to a host of different officials as it relates to the administration's relationship with Ukraine. Take a listen to what President Trump said about Speaker Pelosi and subpoenas. Nancy Pelosi hands out subpoenas like, you know, she has to approve it. She hands out subpoenas like they're cookies. You want a subpoena? Here you go. Take them like they're cookies. Speaker Pelosi, for her part, is now 
pointing back at the administration in an interview with ABC's George Stephanopoulos and saying that President Trump's scared. Here's the Speaker of the House. I think the president knows the argument that can be made against him, and he's scared. And so he's trying to divert attention from that. Matt Mowers, make sense of all of this back and forth bickering for us. Yeah, here's the fact of the matter, right? Nearly half the Democratic caucus, actually more than half the Democratic caucus, had supported impeachment even before we were even talking about Ukraine. The fact is that Democratic caucus has politicized this issue, is more intent on trying to find any reason they can to try to remove Donald Trump from office before the end of his term that he was duly elected to. It doesn't matter the reason. It doesn't matter the facts. They're going to, you know, draw the, you know, they're going to paint by number around the colors in order to try to actually paint the president in a, in a negative light. This is politics, pure and simple. Well, I mean, the irony here is it's not the Democrats painting President Trump in a negative light. It's his own words and the words put out by the White House. It wasn't the Democrats who told President Trump to extort the Ukrainian president with funds and arms in exchange for helping his campaign. That was the president's own words. So, Adam, coming up, we're going to talk, we're going to dive into the a very specific development of all of this, which is why this issue of Hunter Biden was even brought up on the Ukraine phone call to begin with. But just just right here, Adam, you're saying it doesn't matter regardless of whether or not there were who, who got the complaint first or who went to who first, because the transcript says enough. Yes. The transcript does enough. But, is that, but you and I both know this, Adam. That's not enough to convince Senate Republicans, the 20 Senate Republicans, to, to convict. Well, we'll see, right? Some Senate Republicans are out there holding their powder, being a little bit more moderate than I usual. Disagree. I disagree. I talk to a lot of Repu- – I, I don't think that 20 Republicans right now – are going to do that. You're you know, telling I'm, me. I'm still old-fashioned and naive and have faith in, 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 in I like the, to think I'm an old-fashioned guy, Adam. In the, in the grand old Republican Party <laughs> and the facts are presented. I, I, one thing, Adam, I also have faith in the facts. I think when the Republican senators see the facts, they're going to you know, vote along the facts and we're not going to see any impeachment conviction. One thing we can all agree on, it was a heck of a game. See what I did there? I didn't curse, unlike the president's tweet today. It was a heck of a game last night, but there's Washington Nationals. Coming up, much more on impeachment Download the Bloomberg Sound On podcast on Apple iTunes at Bloomberg.com or by downloading the Bloomberg Business app. You can also find us on iHeartRadio, Radio.com, and Spotify. Panel stays the legendary Adam Goldberg, the legendary Matt Mowers. I'm Kevin Cirilli, Chief Washington Correspondent for Bloomberg Television and Bloomberg Radio. You're listening to Bloomberg 99.1. You're listening to Bloomberg Sound On with Kevin Cirilli. On Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. I'm Kevin Cirilli, Chief Washington Correspondent for Bloomberg Television and Bloomberg Radio. We were talking about the press conference earlier today and the back and forth, back and forth. New York Times with a bombshell report that House Intel Committee Chairman Adam Schiff, Democrat from California, got an early account of the whistleblower's accusations. We've covered that with Matt Mowers, former senior White House advisor for the State Department and the Trump administration, and now president of Matt Mowers LLC. And Adam Goldberg is here, former White House special associate counsel to President Clinton, co-founder and partner of public relations firm Trident DMG. Adam, are you having deja vu? I am. I'm having like PTSD, I think. <laughs> some, some bad flashbacks, <laughs> pain and suffering. Because you were in the uh, in the Clinton administration uh, during that that thing that Im- that's right <laughs> that impeachment, the, impeachment the, the, trial. the last impeachment the last yes. yeah the last the last impeachment so what what was it like to be like what what do you i know you don't have any sympathy for the trump administration but what do you think they're thinking as they're literally going through this 
So, it, well, th- that's a that's a tough thing because I can never try to divine what President Trump and his staff are thinking. I just I don't I don't see a strategy. I don't see a capability to respond to it. But I'm sure they're in deep deep. What pain. was your role in the last impeachment inquiry? So I was there to help provide political and communications advice Ugh. on how to help that and communicate. What was the craziest thing when you think of the Monica Lewinsky scandal? What does your mind must go to one specific memory? What is that memory? I don't know if I could say this on air. Yes, it's, you can it's do it. It's a call I got from a Newsweek reporter saying that he, he's gotten a report about something in the Star Report about a cigar, and then he described oh. that to me and wanted to know what the White House response was. Wow. That was painful. What did you say was to the reporter? was at a Halloween what, party what at did, the time. What, what were you dressed as? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, my question is what were you dressed as? What were you dressed as? You know, I don't remember. But do you remember what you said? I think I was in black. Um, do I remember what I said? I said, I'm going to get Jill Lockhart on the phone for you. <laughs> All right. Well, let's leave it there. All right. So at the White House today in the next impeachment saga, I've even made Matt Mowers laugh at that. Uh, the, the Jeff Mason of Reuters really did some excellent reporting. He had this exchange with President Trump. Uh, and I want to play a portion for for everybody now. It was in the East Room of the White House. And, and I was struck by this as I was watching Mason ask the president repeatedly, why were you bringing up? the Bidens with Ukraine President Zelensky to begin with. Take a listen to the exchange. We have the president of Finland. Ask him a question. I have one for him. I just wanted to follow up on the one that I asked you, which did was, you hear what me? did you want Did you hear to... me? Yes, Ask sir. him a question. I, I will. But I've my... given you a long answer. Ask <laughs> this gentleman a question. Don't be rude. That person laughing is the president of Finland, by the way. Uh, so Matt Mowers I think it's a fair question for independent voters who, even if they're for impeachment or not for impeachment, that they want to know, why did President Trump bring up Hunter Biden on a foreign phone call, as the transcript says, to begin with? Why was that even relevant? Yeah, I mean, look, I think what voters are going to get to see here is really a front row seat to how the swamp works, right? Uh, If you're related to someone in office or the vice president of the United States, you can now sit on the board with no requisite experience uh, and and attract a huge sum of money that would make anyone in the rest of America look envious. $50,000 a month. So uh, I, I think the other piece here is if I'm Joe Biden, I'm calling up Nancy Pelosi. I'm saying, what the heck are you doing? Because all this is going to do is splash all of Joe Biden's skeletons right all over, you know, CNN and Bloomberg and the rest of them um, to for Democratic primary voters to wait, just as Elizabeth Warren is certain. No, I get that. But as a practical matter, though, there are plenty of ways, the three of us in this room know this, to bring up politicians' dirt and, and nepotism and all that. But but a president bringing up an, a, an, a, a president digging for political dirt, you, you'd think he'd be calling up Roger Stone, not the president of Ukraine. I mean, why was he doing that to begin with? I mean, I think that would make any... I, I think you can... I think you, a, a supporter or a detractor, the president can, can ask a logical question, which is, call Corey Lewandowski. Call, I don't know, uh, you know, a- anyone in, in your, on your campaign reelect about the strategy. But why are you calling the president of well, Ukraine about let's this? Let's remember that wasn't the, the, the purpose of the call. But and it was brought Zelensky, up. Well, President Zelensky brought it up and the president responded. Um, so, you know, could the president have chosen his words more carefully? Yeah. Of course. Do but, you think he's going to have to give a better explanation than the one he gave today? Uh, I, I don't know because I think, I think that because, because No, because here's, here's the reason why. Because this issue isn't about that anymore. This issue has just become a political issue now because the Democrats have been so intent on trying to impeach him for whatever reason at any time that they've politicized the issue to the point where I'm, I'm not sure the Democrats even care what the facts say. They've already made the determination what the outcome will yeah. be. 
So what you're asking is why did the president commit an impeachable offense? Why did he violate his oath of office? And we'll never know. That's not what I'm asking because I'm not taking a position. I'm a reporter. What I'm asking is does the president – have to give more of it. You're saying that's an impeachable offense. But yes, he does. Because yeah. right now, the only d- d- thing that his defenders are saying are providing conspiracy theory that even conspiracists have rejected, that somehow you know the Bidens were involved in shutting down a prosecutor, in, uh, investigating the company that Biden set his son set on a company of, even though the prosecutor, they were trying to get the prosecutor to investigate that company. Look, I think I think essentially what the Republicans are doing is trying to knock Biden down a couple notches, just like the Democrats have been trying to knock the, the Trumps Kevin, down a couple notches. Kevin, you, you could you could walk outside Bloomberg right now, swing a dead cat and hit about four or five lobbyists who work with okay, Hunter with Biden. Respect, Hunter Biden, and by the I way, ne- I don't way, like Joe cats. Joe, Joe, First <laughs> thing you should know about me, Matt Mowers, cats actually <laughs> terrify right. you me. Could throw, you could throw a, a pebble around him and hit yeah, four I'm or five lobbyists. Anything. could work with I'm both Hunter and, and, by the way, Joe Biden's uh, brother Jimmy, as it's been reported, who's also been involved in a lot of these right. these issues and not just in ukraine but china and other countries as well with a lot of shady cash flowing around i'm sorry it's crazy that we're talking about this and not the president's own actions and not the actions of the white house to political. cover up I the mean, president's actions what i want to ask you all right because i want to stick i i don't want to get into a shouting match and this is why i'm so grateful to have both of you here because you both bring the insight into what each camp is thinking but it gives people a new look into one from Adam's perspective, what it's like to actually work in an impeachment Washington. Were you guys able to get other policy done during that impeachment? Well, yes. I mean, this, so far, this is one huge difference between President Trump and President Clinton. President not Clinton, if USMCA gets walled, done. <laughs> not if that gets done. But he's been walling himself. Uh, President Clinton walled himself off. He re- rarely dealt with it. There was an isolated team within the White House. Everybody else was commanded to continue doing business. Here, it seems the entire White House is I focused on I mean, here you this. are at a Halloween party, and you're fielding calls from music. Yes, but that was my job. That's what that I was, was hired job, about. You know? um, all right, coming up, we're going to take a break. We're going to talk some regulation on marijuana, <laughs> a, weed, a weed break uh, on marijuana. We've got uh, – Charlie Wilson's calling in. He's the chief revenue officer of Green Bits, and he's going to talk to us about the Safe Banking Act passage, which we didn't get to last week because of Ukraine. And I don't know if you, if everybody followed this, but the House passed bipartisan legislation, hey, in the middle of an impeachment uh, inquiry uh, that allows for financial institutions to do banking with these uh, cannabis cannabis companies. That's coming up. Panel's going to stick around. Adam Adam Goldberg, Matt Mowers. Download the Bloomberg Sound on podcast on Apple iTunes at Bloomberg.com or by downloading the Bloomberg Business app. You can also find us on Radio.com, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. I'm Kevin Cirilli, Chief Washington Correspondent for Bloomberg TV and Radio. You're listening to Bloomberg 99.1. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. This is Bloomberg Sound On with Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. All right, we're going to take a break from that impeachment inquiry and that fiery press conference with President Trump at the East Room from earlier today. And we're going to talk about a piece of policy that caught everybody off guard last week. Elizabeth Dexheimer, Bloomberg's Elizabeth Dexheimer, reporting last week on the Bloomberg Terminal, quote, 
The, the U.S. House advanced legislation designed to let banks do business with cannabis companies in states that permit marijuana sales, a step that some supporters see as helping to pave the way to nationwide legalization. Uh, that's Elizabeth Dexheimer's reporting on the Bloomberg Terminal. It's called the Safe Banking Act, and what it would do, it passed 321 to 103, bipartisan vote, last Wednesday. And what it would do is protect lenders from federal punishment for doing business with firms in the industry. And uh, joining us now on the line is the Chief Revenue Officer of Green Bits, which I'm assuming is marijuana food. Uh, Charlie Wilson is on the line. Uh, and, and Charlie, first of all, thank you so much for, for being here. But my, my immediate question is, when is the Senate going to take it up? Yeah. So as you mentioned, it had a very favorable outcome in the House uh, late last month. And uh, we think uh, the Senate will uh, put attention on it later in the year. Senator Crapo, um, Senate Banking Committee, has kind of committed his energy to uh, thread this needle, and um, we're optimistic that it's going to um, get get the time of day and, and successfully pass. You know, Charlie, one of the things that we've talked about on this program before is just there's so much, not just market confusion, but regulatory dysfunction between all of the different states that have legalized marijuana, those that haven't legalized it. Then you've got the, the, the CBD market that's booming. But then you also have this divide between state regulations and federal regulations. What is the market looking for and what are consumers looking for as it relates to certainty in this industry? Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, we at Greenbits, we uh, provide technology to uh, cannabis operators across 13 states, seeing about $3 billion a year in annual sales, so about one in every $4 of legal cannabis sold. As a byproduct of that, we have a good visibility to this patchwork quilt that you, you referred to. Um, and I think, you know, what people are looking for is kind of normalcy. Um, to the degree you can kind of bring products and services like banking and financial services into the industry, you create a safer environment for the communities that, that have these, these businesses. You create greater transparency, which works well for regulators. You create greater efficiency for the owners and operators themselves. And all of that translates to a better experience and, uh, for consumers and customers. You know, so I was... It's a, it's a, Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say I was struck by this. The American Bankers Association, which represents all of the large financial institutions in the country and, and other banks as well. Rob Nichols, he's the American Bankers Association president and CEO. He issued a statement after this got through the House, and they were instrumental working behind the scenes and getting this done. Uh, he says, quote, by helping to provide clarity for the financial sector in those states where cannabis is legal, this bill will help banks meet the needs of their communities while reducing cash-motivated crimes, increasing the efficiency of tax collections, and improving the cannabis industry's financial accountability. I, Charlie, I was really struck by this. And, and if you're just joining us, Charlie Wilson's joining us. He's the chief revenue officer of GreenBits. I was really struck that it, even in states where marijuana is legalized, a lot of these banks, you know, whether you're a big bank, small bank, community bank, you have to use cash. They literally have, they have, they have uh, like boxes of cash, because they can't allow for financial institutions to even put it on the books. It's it's antiquated. No. Absolutely right. So financial institutions, they're federally regulated entities, and where you have a environment where federal law is different than state law, 
these big financial institutions and small financial institutions um, are very cautious and, and understandably so of servicing an industry that could be perceived or or could be you know challenged by their own examinations or uh, their their federal oversight groups. Um, so as a result, they largely stand on the sideline. And what you have is a rapidly growing industry that spans 33 states, you know, more than 225 million Americans that is effectively an all-cash industry. Um, and that's not just the licensed operators, not the dispensaries or the growers. It uh, extends to ancillary businesses like our own, for example, whether it be an accounting firm or a technology company. So you have a, a large universe of operators Transacting essentially all in cash, which just you know doesn't doesn't create a, as safe an environment or as an efficient or transparent environment as you could otherwise have with all financial right. services. Charlie Wilson, you've been so generous with your time, and just one final question for you. You know, there look. I mean, there is still you know this. There are folks who say, eh, you know, marijuana, weed, THC, CBD. We got to investigate it. We got to we got to study it. We got to research it. You know, and there has to be some more research into what it means, the effects that it's going to have on kids and whatnot. But my question to you is, in states where it's legalized, how would getting the financial sector behind it encourage there to be the type of research and safe practice usage research that would help uh, the culture as a whole? Yeah, if you bring financial services to the equation, you just further facilitate the regulated environment. And it's the regulated environment that puts the protections in place to ensure that the product gets into the hands of people that right. can make that responsible choice and not in the hands of people who shouldn't be making that or consuming that product. Because it's happening and it's here. Uh, and, and like you said, uh, it, you know, if you don't want to have it on the black market, then have it on you know, here for, for folks to look at. All right. Our thanks to Charlie Wilson. He's the chief revenue officer of Greenbits talking about that bipartisan legislation that passed in the House of Representatives last week that had the weight of Wall Street behind it and the banking sector behind it. Coming up, much more on the impeachment inquiry. Plus, we dabble in foreign policy. Download the Bloomberg Sound on podcast on Apple iTunes at Bloomberg.com or by downloading the Bloomberg Business app. You can also find us on Radio.com, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. I'm Kevin Cirilli. You're listening to Bloomberg 99.1. You're listening to Bloomberg Sound On with Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. I'm Kevin Cirilli, Chief Washington Correspondent for Bloomberg Television, Bloomberg Radio. Busy day at the White House, folks. I mean, we're, we're, in the, we're living through another impeachment. I mean, that, there's really no other way to say it. And I just want to say, I'm going to bring both sides. I'm going to say what the White House is saying, and I'm going to say what Democrats are saying, and I'll let you decide. But it's not my job to pick sides. It is my job to, to, to bring you the latest on what happens. And two people who and to bring you guests and panelists who know what they're talking about for each of their sides. And today we have two of those people. Matt Mowers, former senior White House advisor for the State Department and the Trump White House. He's also president of Matt Mowers LLC. Also, Adam Goldberg. He's the former White House special associate counsel to President Bill Clinton during that impeachment. And he's co-founder and partner of public relations firm Trident DMG. All right, we've been talking about the impeachment inquiry. I want to get to the other stories of the day and what's on your radar. I'm going to kick things off uh, with what's on my radar because there was some market news today because stocks tumbled 
as bonds climbed as slowdown fears mounts. I'm reading from the Bloomberg Terminal. U.S. stocks tumbled today to the lowest since August as another disappointing report fueled fears that the American economy is slowing. Treasuries climbed with gold and the yuan on demand for haven assets. The S&P 500 suffered its first back-to-back drops of more than 1% this year, pushing its two-day slump to the most in two months. And private payrolls fell short of estimates a day after manufacturing gauge slumped to the lowest in a decade. The uh, basis for all of this, folks, is this uncertainty around trade and not just U.S. US centric trade relations, but also the dynamics of Brexit and the situation with regards to Europe. And even within the last hour, as I've been on air, headlines crossing the Bloomberg terminal that the US is set to add additional tariffs on Irish and Scottish whiskeys. Um, and meanwhile, your old boss, Matt Mowers, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, he was with, I believe he was with the Italians today. He was. And he got. Yesterday, too. Yes, sir. And this, uh, oh, leave it to the Italians. I'm 50% Italian, so I, you know, I like to think I know a thing or two about Italian food. But I guess this Italian media personality, pro, I don't want to use the word protest. It was, it was kind of funny. And I think even the secretary cracked a smile, brought on a large thing of Parmesan cheese and uh, said, please don't tariff this, Mr. Secretary. Yeah, I, I just wonder if a uh, protocol officer had to accept it as a formal gift Ooh. and write it down. I don't we'll, know. We'll have to check yeah. Farah. Yeah. Uh, but, but just to, to quickly on the, on the issue of the markets, it was a volatile day in the markets. And next week, we're anticipating the Chinese vice premier to come here in Washington, D.C. There's another mid-October deadline for tariffs that they would be set to increase. So maybe there will be some positive news on uh, – on that front coming next week. And then there's another round of tariffs against China set to increase in mid-December. I think we're like a couple of days into the fourth quarter for uh, for the markets. But there's so much volatility, Matt Mowers. Uh, and that, that could have an impact on the election, no? Uh, well, it's still early to tell, right? I mean, every every time I come on this show, uh, you know, the mar- we think the market's going to drop for a longer period of time, and it doesn't, right? It picks right back up. So I think it's still early to tell. Um, indications are still that the market, overall economy is going to be very strong for 2020. Um, so as long as the economy stays in strong place, as long as unemployment remains low, wage growth is up, um, if the stock market remains you know, near all-time highs. I mean, we're talking about uh, a two-day dip. Uh, let's, let's see where the markets are at at this point next year. All right, so the markets are what's on my radar. And, and you were telling me that actually there's a trade element, Matt Mowers, that's on your radar. What's on your radar? Yeah, so I think – Despite all of the political noise, it sounds like we still may be able to make progress on the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement. Wow. Um, Nancy Pelosi actually just said in the past day or so that, uh, you know, silence on it is a good thing. It means they're making progress. So, you know, <laughs> we'll, t- we'll take her word on that. Um, but, you know, this should be a bipartisan agreement. It's a good deal. It improves NAFTA. It uh, helps American dairy farmers. It helps American pharmaceutical manufacturers. It helps for the overall um, uh, manufacturer for automakers. Um, so this is a good deal for America. Hopefully Congress finally acts. Um, and hopefully it's done in a bipartisan Let's play a way. little bit from Speaker Pelosi's press conference earlier today where she talked about USMCA. Here's Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi. Here she is. We're on a path to yes as far as the trade agreement is concerned. And uh, at some point, I'm just saying it's either yes or no. We either have enforceability or we don't. But I'm hopeful that we will, and I'm hopeful that it will be soon. Adam Goldberg, uh, if, you're, if you're Speaker Pelosi and you're launching this impeachment inquiry – 
And the criticism is going to be from Republicans that Democrats are so obsessed with impeachment that they're not able to accomplish any work. And if you're President Trump, the criticism is going to be that you're so, you know, bogged down in scandals that you're not able to accomplish any work might be actually good for both sides to, to accomplish USMCA. Yeah, absolutely. There's the incentive for both of them. It's very important. It's, it gives Trump the ability to show that he is actually able to isolate impeachment away and do the country's business and same for uh, Nancy Pelosi. So hopefully they'll, they'll get stuff done. And, and, and weirdly enough, it, it takes some of the, the, the um, uh, electricity off of the issue for some of the critics of this agreement where progressives say it's not progressive enough and conservatives say it's too... I don't know, in the middle. Uh, but because impeachment's sucking up all the oxygen out of the room, it actually might even allow it to go, as Speaker Pelosi said, you know, no news is good news. Well, sure. I mean, now that she's actually decided to pursue impeachment and that there's a potentially impeachable offense here, she certainly has more cover with the left who's been pushing her to do impeachment earlier based on Mueller reports. All right, Matt Mowers, that was a good one. USMCA, that's what's on Matt Mowers'. Is. Matt Mowers' is Matt Mowers? Right it's, it's like Mowers with the apostrophe after the yes. S, yes. right? Yes. Yeah. All right, good. Yeah. That's what's on his radar, everybody. What's on your radar? So the roster for the next DNC debate was this announced. This is going to be nuts. At 12, <laughs> it's going to be the largest. And this is just what the Democratic Party needs right now, a soundbite food fight by bottom dwellers trying to eat the, the, the top ticket. 12 candidates. I mean, this is insane. This is nuts. October 15th in Ohio, 12 Democratic presidential They're going to give opening statements, and then it's going to be like time for your closing. All right, it's, I'm going to say them all. Biden, Warren, uh, Sanders, who, by the way, had a clogged artery and he's off the trail. We hope he get, we wish him a speedy recovery. Pete Buttigieg, Kamala Harris, Andrew Yang, Beto O'Rourke, Cory Booker, Klobuchar, uh, Castro, Marianne, no, Tulsi Gabbard, uh, and I'm blanking. Who? Tom Steyer. And Tom Steyer. Tom Steyer's on yes. it. Tom Steyer on the stage, it. first but time. No, Marianne Williamson? No. It's, it's wow. a shame, isn't it? It's you a know, tragedy. Dark, 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 dark psychic forces are keeping her off the stage. <laughs> Listen, yes. I mean, when you have 12, I mean, you might as well let. How, uh, I, how do you I think Kamala know. Harris feels about Tulsi Gabbard being back on stage? <laughs> I just don't understand what the thread of this will be. I mean, there's there's going to be so many, but that is very interesting that we're now only a couple of months away from the Iowa caucus and 12 candidates at the Democratic uh, presidential debate. That, who do you think is going to win that? I think Elizabeth Warren's going to win that. Really? Yeah. And she's just continued to skyrocket, and she's been she's been able to she's win. She's been owning these debates. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to thank you both. Did you have fun, Adam? I did have would fun. Thanks back? for having me. I would absolutely would come absolutely back. You would absolutely come back. Absolutely. Even on Halloween. Even on Halloween. You're at a Halloween party. <laughs> Even and, a Halloween. You call. And calls will, and asks you an impeachment question. I will give me. it. All right. Thank okay. you, Adam Goldberg, former White House Special Associate Counsel to President Clinton, co-founder and partner of public relations firm Trident DMG. And, of course, to Matt Mowers, former senior White House advisor to Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, president now of Matt Mowers LLC. That does it for me, Kevin Cirilli, chief Washington correspondent for Bloomberg TV and Bloomberg Radio. You're listening to Bloomberg 99.1. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.